You're listening to the Today's Conveyancer podcast, the leading source of information for residential property lawyers in England and Wales. Don't forget to subscribe and sign up to our free newsletter at todaysconveyancer.co.uk. You can also follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter. Hello, welcome along to the latest Today's Conveyancer podcast. Today, I'm talking about upfront information with Rob Gurney. Rob is the Managing Director of Ocrasoft, which is part of the Landmark Group. Rob is familiar to listeners to the Today's Conveyancer podcast, uh, having been on very recently, actually delivering the latest quarterly update on the property market statistics that Landmark produce in their property trends report. But as I say, today's discussion is on a slightly different note. Thank you very much indeed for joining the podcast today, Rob. Yeah, thank you for having me. And yes, um, Rob Gurney, as you said, Managing Director of uh, Ocrasoft, been in post for about three and a half years now. Um, Prior to that, I was uh, a property lawyer for for many, many more years. More years than you might like to remember, Rob, but that gives you a, a slightly different take on proceedings because upfront information has kind of turned into something that is almost sort of the the, the white whale from Moby Dick. We, 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 we know we want it, we know we need it, but we just don't seem to be able to get close to it. You've described it to me uh, previously as a bit of an obsession. This all has very negative connotations. So what in the first instance do we need to be thinking about that we can create some best practice around upfront information? How do we make this work better for the property industry? Well, first of all, I think just to address your point about the obsession, I think that um, there's no no negative meaning uh, imposed by, by obsessing over sort of a, a want to improve something. And clearly, Upfront information is is very much a buzzword in the industry at the moment. Everyone seems to be obsessing over upfront information, but for very good reason. Transaction timescales, as we know, and you know we we hear all the time, it, it's taking a lot longer for conveyancing matters to get through to exchange and completion than it ever used to. Certainly, I'm you know very much a supporter of upfront information being utilised correctly to address some of those issues. I believe that, you know, if we consider how most conveyancing currently happens in England and Wales at the moment, the majority of times the vendor's lawyer is instructed at the point of property sale rather than property listing. And therefore, even if any upfront information is gathered by the estate agent or certainly by the seller themselves prior to that point, there's nothing proactive that the lawyer can be doing in order to sort of utilise that upfront information for the benefit of the the transaction when it gets started and and the conveyancing takes place. So for me, it's very much about upfront information being utilised correctly, preferably prior to the property being sold. So I just want to focus on the that collection that collation uh, piece because the issue as far as i can kind of gather seems to be one who's responsible for collecting that information two who's then responsible for validating that information that seems to be a really really important part of this process that we still haven't quite got our head around uh, and then three how do we best share that information with all of the relevant parties in the transaction Three questions there, Rob. I don't know how you want to tackle those. 
Yeah, sure. I mean, from a, a, a lawyer perspective, the seller's lawyer is, is responsible for the preparation of the contract pack. And for me, utilising upfront information is the best way of, of ensuring the comprehensiveness of the contract pack. If you can envisage the perfect pack being put together by the seller's lawyer you know, at the point where the buyer is found and, uh, and a buyer's lawyer is instructed and the conveyancing takes place, being handed the perfect contract pack must surely create huge, huge benefits to the, the timescale of the efficiency of the, of the conveyancing transaction from taking place. So it's all about the preparation for me of, of the contract pack. Um, and the upfront information that we need to gather should always be focused on you know, what the buyer's lawyer is going to need in order to progress the transaction as quickly and efficiently as possible. We're also, of course, talking about the, the, the reduction or, dare I say, eradication of the additional inquiries process, because if you've managed to gather all of the information that the buyer's lawyer is ever going to need to ask for before they even ask for it, then obviously that's that's got to be conveyancing nirvana, hasn't it? So how do we validate that? Who again? Who's responsible for validating that? You think that's the the seller's lawyer again? Absolutely, yeah. I think just obtaining upfront information on its own doesn't work. Um, and and you can imagine, you know, the relationship between the estate agent and the the property lawyer has often been sort of talked about in terms of containing friction. Um, I think that if the estate agent provides the seller's lawyer with upfront information, whatever it may be, and then the lawyer doesn't do anything with that until a point where the property is sold and the transaction takes uh, is taking place, then that has the risk of actually exacerbating that, that sort of already tense relationship. There's no point collecting the upfront information if you're not going to do something with it. So I absolutely see it as the job of the, of the vendor's lawyer to collate process analyze that upfront information and obviously perfect it prior to um prior to sort of you know it the, the, the transaction taking place ideally it's the vendor themselves and or their their selling agent that's collecting this stuff but i do think it's the job of the lawyer to make sure that you know it's correctly reviewed correctly collated any issues uh, resolved you know, within that kind of golden window of opportunity that we have between listing and property sale. And you're almost certainly going to tell me about the new solution that you're pulling together, but that perhaps leads on to the third point about how we share that information with the transaction. Yeah, absolutely. Like I say, it's all about putting this information together in order for the transaction to proceed as, as quickly and as efficiently as possible. And for me, you know, from a, a lawyer to lawyer perspective, it's about vendors, lawyer supplying the complete information that they know the buyer's lawyer is going to need in order to be, you know, as exchange ready as, as they possibly can be. And so, yeah, that was the, the thinking behind Microsoft developing uh, an enhancement to its existing sale workflow, which we're calling the UFI property process. And it's quite simplistic, really, in, in its nature. It's, it's very much designed to comply with, with the things that we've already been discussing just now, David. So the two main features that I'll just sort of briefly comment on is one, the property information review, the workflow will take the lawyer step by step through a review of the upfront information that's that's being provided to them. It makes them record what they've received. It gives them the opportunity to request 
what they haven't yet received from the appropriate parties. And then it makes them sort of analyse and, and capture any any issues that, that they can see with that documentation uh, in order to resolve them. For example, if the protocol forms have been you know, completed by the seller ahead of time, but those uh, forms are incomplete or you know, not signed or refer to documents that are missing, it just gives that lawyer the opportunity to uh, record these issues uh, and remedy them before they become ultimately an additional inquiry waiting for the buyer's lawyer to raise. That's the first part of the process. The second one, which I think is really cool, and it brings us on to discussions around the National Trading Standards material information requirements, it automatically generates a key facts document for the selling agent, which hopefully will give them the ability to sort of, you know, comply with the um, newly imposed parts B and C of those material information requirements. We both strongly suspect that um, both uh, restrictive covenants and easements affecting the property being sold will be disclosable under the Part C requirements. The workflow enhancement we've put together actually will enable the lawyer to make the selling agent aware of those easements and covenants, which I think is going to be hugely beneficial to the selling agent in in complying with their, their duties. We should say we're recording right at the start of November. We'd been promised details or, or, or actually the implementation of parts B and C of these material information changes by the end of autumn. Uh, you and I were debating when the end of autumn actually is uh, before we started recording the podcast. But this workflow is only going to work if the lawyer is instructed at the point of listing. Yes, it is. I believe that the the National Trading Standards requirements will hopefully sort of be that catalyst that we need to start making it more commonplace for vendors' lawyers to be instructed at the point of listing. Clearly, most estate agents are not going to want to sort of delve into legal titles to the extent of being able to pinpoint relevant easements and covenants in a in an official um, entry from the land registry. I, I would suspect that most estate agents are going to want to avoid doing that, in which case it makes perfect sense for, for them to require the lawyer to be involved at a much earlier stage so that they can help them out with that process. It's a welcome change. I think it won't happen overnight. Clearly, the enforcement of the material information requirements will probably take a while to, to get going. But I actually think that, you know, Putting this workflow together for the benefit of Microsoft customers gives them a bit of a head start in terms of being ready for what the future what the future holds. Can I ask which part of the jigsaw you think we're missing? And clearly, you, you've done a lot of work on creating this workflow, but there is a largely unanimous view in the property sector that whatever you call upfront information, material information, upfront information. Uh, listing information is going to benefit the home moving process and yet we still can't do it. Have you got a view on why we're unable to do this? I do think there is a leap of faith David. The reason that upfront information is not currently sort of widely adopted is because let's be honest it is an additional piece of work certainly from the the seller's lawyer's perspective and that leap of faith is needed in order to sort of move us forward to go okay we have got a piece of work here in addition to to our, our standard operating model but actually it's the the benefits that you will see 
off the back of processing correctly this upfront information will only really be realized at the end of the transaction when um, the timescale drops. I know anecdotally that, that there's a, a law firm customer of ours that does what this property process is designed to do, but manually right now with a, a very sort of forward thinking uh, and local estate agent to them who understands exactly what documentation, data, information their lawyer is going to need, collects it for them up front and then obviously instructs them at the point of listing so that the lawyer can then do you know, what this process is, is designed to do, but, but on a manual basis. And they've seen um, on average a drop from buyer instructed to exchange ready from 16 weeks to six weeks on average. We have to sort of gauge it from a exchange ready perspective because clearly you're still always, it's a, it's a cliche, isn't it? But you're still always as slow as the, the, the slowest person in the chain. But imagine if, you know, if, if, if processing upfront information was commonplace and the whole chain were adopting the same mentality, then actually there's, there's huge benefits to timescale savings here. I'm going to play devil's advocate for a moment, Rob. There are lots of people out there who think that upfront information is not the thing that we should be focusing on. We've got big players entering the market around completion and, and funds. We've got some new legal tech entering the marketplace around inquiry handling. Is this the right thing to be focused on? Or are there other bigger things? And this is perhaps with your property lawyer head on rather than your Microsoft head, but are there other bigger things that we should be looking at? So first of all, I'd say that any new idea or new opportunity that exists to, to make transactional conveyancing more efficient and and better for for all of the industry players is is a good thing so i wouldn't necessarily you know look to discredit what anyone else is trying to do i've had a look at some of the you know inquiry management tools out there and they're really good and they do they they do a great job i'd like to think that the focus on upfront information potentially complements those approaches as opposed to acts in 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 rivalry to them if we can eradicate as many additional inquiries as possible by having the answers to them up front, then it's got to be better for everyone. I think that one of the big issues in conveyancing right now is the timescales that are imposed upon lawyers when they are instructed at the point of property sale. The onus is to get the contract out to the other side's lawyer as quickly as possible. Um, quite often without all of the information that they know they're going to need to supply. What happens is that automatically creates additional inquiries. And my argument is they are avoidable if you already have that information to provide uh, beforehand. So I do think a lot of it hinges on this movement from instruction on sale to instruction on listing. It gives the legal community the perfect opportunity to you know, to grasp that opportunity of having that period of time to to focus on you know getting that information making it as comprehensive as possible and only then like i say with a bit of a leap of faith will we start seeing um, transaction times uh, significantly being reduced and i don't want to create any more animosity between estate agents and conveyances but it's certainly been put to me that there is 
a resting of control of the transaction that can be taken back by the conveyancing community as part of this process that we're largely out of control of of the process as it stands because of the the power of the estate agent for example yeah i think there's two but two benefits here uh, the first one is this genuine ability for collaboration um you know, we talk about the need for estate agents and property lawyers to collaborate i think if the upfront information that an estate agent is obliged to just put together, certainly in compliance with the national trading standards requirements. If that isn't correctly utilised by the lawyer, then I think we could see um, actually a widening of the the issue between estate agents and, and conveyances. Whereas the flip side is, if we do start getting vendors, lawyers to correctly utilise the upfront information that's provided in order to benefit the transaction going forward, then actually there's a meeting of minds here, isn't there? There's a there's a win-win for both the estate agents and the lawyers. Um, and so I, I, I strongly hope that, that that opportunity is embraced. The second point to make is I know that estate agents genuinely dislike the additional inquirers process in inverted commas. Uh, I think they've heard it referred to as the black hole in conveyancing because the estate agent sort of does seem to lose control over the transaction when that lawyer to lawyer back and forth begins. So anything that we can do to, you know, to reduce that lawyer to lawyer back and forth is going to be hugely welcome. I genuinely can't see a negative to this proposition, apart from the fact that the lawyers are going to have to sort of change their mindset a bit and understand that there's a piece of work to do in order to make this happen up front. One of the other reasons that is often presented to me for reticence to change is the level of risk that change brings with it. And of course, we've got very, very tight risk management profiles within law firms in particular in conveyancing we've seen the sra's recent thematic review into money laundering and the subsequent warning notice because we're still non-compliant as an industry is that a potential roadblock to this do you know what i actually think the opposite's true david i think that particularly i'm going to say this aren't i but the the oaksoft workflow that we've put together i mean you know everything that we do is is purely risk-based anyway but it's so comprehensive that i think that if you're following a workflow such as ours it's actually going to ensure the consistency of approach it's going to increase the quality of you know ultimately that sort of contract pack being put together at the point where the transaction takes place so i think it's comprehensiveness could ha- actually have the impact of increasing the compliance and, and and removing that that regulatory risk surely the more comprehensive and the more consistently you're putting these um this this, this pack of information together then the less likely we're going to have you know where where gaps form and 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 things are missed it makes the transaction calmer rather than more chaotic if you issue a contract pack that's incomplete then ultimately you know that's when the chaos begins and the, and things can get missed i think that by following an upfront information workflow and having all of that information put together in readiness for the transaction taking place actually is is a big tick in in a compliance box you've already alluded to the fact that this is potentially more work for conveyances although Uh, solutions like the one that you've described Rob is going to minimize that and and hopefully actually create a slightly more efficient process. 
I always sit here and think to myself, how does this impact the the person at the coalface of conveyancing? How does this impact somebody who walks into the office at six, seven o'clock in the morning? Because we know that's what time conveyances start work, who finish at six, seven o'clock at night because they're answering the phone between nine and five and actually doing the work outside of hours. How do we get them to really buy into this? And how does this impact them? Because we can talk about data, we can talk about technology, we can talk about things like the digital property market steering group. And all of that feels quite future thinking. But how can we help people now? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And uh, it's certainly a, a view that that you know myself and, and some colleagues share. There is this kind of disconnect between what the future holds and, and current issues that are facing the conveyancing industry. I've no doubt that you know the the future is very much digital and very much data led, uh, and I'm pretty sure that that most lawyers would would agree with that. The difficulty is, of course, is that you know they're focused on their current case or the next case and see such things as you know the future, but but not anything that's necessarily going to sort of help them here and now, you know, in today's market. So I'd like to think that. The uh, UFI property process that we've been discussing is something that lawyers can absolutely you know, a relate to immediately, b use now because it exists now, and c you know can sort of see hopefully the the the, the intended benefits of it in terms of you know transactional time and efficiency that I keep mentioning. I don't necessarily see sort of this as you know as 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 not being part of the future, but I do believe that there's a journey that we need to take lawyers on. And I think adopting workflows that are going to help with upfront information, whether it's you know PDFs or data or, or whatever format it is, it's getting the lawyer used to this new way of working. And I think that conceptually jumping from A straight to Z is a very, very difficult one for property lawyers. And, you know, our approach is very much, we're on a journey, we want to take the legal industry on that journey and help them step by step. And I do believe that introducing something like this is absolutely a step in the right direction, but fully acknowledging that, you know, it isn't, it isn't the, the end state. Evolution rather than revolution. If I can take an anecdote from a recent Today's Family Lawyer podcast, Rob, and I hope that the evolution of the property market doesn't take this length of time, but no-fault divorce was first mooted in a Law Commission report in the mid-90s, 1995 from memory, and it was enacted in April of 2022. Uh, so it took nearly 20 years to reach fruition. It takes time to uh, move monumental changes forward and I, I think there's I think there's no doubt that what we're trying to do in the industry is is pretty monumental. Yeah I'd agree with that and what's really interesting is is that um, it isn't just the property lawyer that's um, expressing an interest you know, since we've launched this new um, enhanced um, workflow which you know at the time of recording has only been out a couple of days but it's not just property lawyers that are asking for demonstrations on this. You know, it's 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 other um, industry participants as well. Estate agents can absolutely see the benefits of their preferred legal suppliers utilising this this workflow, uh, and also panels as well. You know, from a panel perspective, anyone that's interested in in sort of transactional efficiency is 
quite quite keen to to learn more about about this process. So we definitely think that we're you know we're, we're moving things forward in the right direction. Well, we've moved towards the end of the podcast, Rob. It's been great to have you on. Thank you very much indeed for joining the podcast. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me again. The Today's Conveyance podcast is available on your preferred podcast provider. It's also available on todaysconveyancer.co.uk. My thanks to Rob. Thank you as ever for listening and we'll see you again soon. You're listening to the Today's Conveyancer podcast, the leading source of information for residential property lawyers in England and Wales. Don't forget to subscribe and sign up to our free newsletter at todaysconveyancer.co.uk. You can also follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter.